Today's guest is Jordan Lintz, founder of High Key Agency. Along with his brothers, Jordan has his sights set on the future of PR. In this conversation, we do get to dive into his origin story, which in and of itself, speaking to a PR agent, uh, not just agent, founder of an agency, about their company, their origin story is rare. I usually interface with PR agents and agency founders, owners, mostly through email and rarely get a chance to talk to them about the day-to-day of their lives. So it was really unique in that sense alone. And for that alone, this conversation would be worth listening to. That being said, we did get a chance to actually dive into the origin there, found out how they got into the industry, which for other people looking to get into PR or understanding the nature of the PR business, there's going to be some of that aspect to this conversation. The best part about talking to Jordan, though, is that while many are still focused on what's happening right now and doing well, Jordan and his agency, High Key Agency, are doing well right now, understand the technologies now, represent high-profile celebrities and do brand collaborations, but also have their sights set on the future technologies that PR agents can leverage to represent their best. And that's what this conversation is about. So if that's of interest to you, and you want to learn more about the idea of decentralized social media and how a PR agency sees that fitting into the scope of things, this is the conversation for you. Without further ado, Jordan Lintz. Okay, Jordan, thanks for stopping by, man. Uh, glad that we're doing this. And, you know, I can scarcely think of how many people I've spoken to who are actually in the PR business. So I think it's a great opportunity to explore a lot of things, especially with a high growth company like yours that's exploding. You've got high profile guests that are coming in, not all agencies have that privilege uh, or that fortune to be able to say that. So first of all, how are you doing today, man? Well, I appreciate you having me and I look forward to diving in here. Yeah, man. Yeah, it sounds like you're stoked. Uh, look, man, uh, I've done, I don't know, I've worked with probably somewhere near 40 or 50 different PR agencies and like over 2,000 episodes and they all work differently, man. It's crazy. Even though it's in the same business, they all work differently. Where did you get your teeth cut for PR? Because everyone's story is so different, right? Like you never know where people are coming from. What's your background? So for PR explicitly, we started in the online realm with e-commerce specifically. And that kind of developed our sense of branding for the high key brand. And to what has expanded now into representing large clients on their social media and uh, press like PR being press and publications. So now we're, we're kind of really taking on the full scope of a modern PR firm representing your entire digital identity. Started in e-commerce. Whoa, okay. Yep. Yeah, that's... A- <laughs> yeah, so we started with the drop shipping, drop shipping wireless earbuds, which was a very hot product. We actually uh, like started our brand high key with wireless earbuds before AirPods came out. So we caught the trend early, uh, made a name for ourselves there. And then that's how it kind of went to our uh, go to client service based business, because as you know, product based business margins are very low, and the service the services was more scalable because everyone needs to develop their brand, especially business professionals. Oh, that's interesting. So you actually had a high key like audio headset uh, that yeah, they yeah, developed. wireless earbuds. Wireless wow. Earbuds. Okay, yeah, and I yeah. still use them to this day. I still use them to this day. So we had a great product. 
And we tried to we tried to make other products. Like uh, we had a waterproof speaker, backpack. We were like we had a, we had various products, but the wireless earbuds was the real winner. And we we would have gone a lot farther in the product based uh, business if if we just stuck with earbuds. But I'm glad we didn't, right? Because we wouldn't be here today talking about what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Okay. So you're doing this. It's going well. You're like these profit margins are crazy for the amount of work we're putting in because you know. Consumer products as a business, ten percent. Yeah, like yeah. 10%. <laughs> and we it's were not doing easy. wholesale. <laughs> yeah, we were doing all online, no host wholesale. So yeah, it was ten percent. And yeah, exactly. Putting you in a still lot need of work. a warehouse, right? Like to, to house the product. Yep, exactly. No, man, no, it's it's not a walk in the park. So so then you you go on, you land into the services industry, and is was this just sort of like based on the fact that you started making relationships as you're developing your product, and you're like, you know what, I think this is the direction I'm going to go in, and you pivoted. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That seems that yeah. seems like a logical conclusion to where you're going to go. And then, what was it? Was it bumpy at first when you were trying to get things off the ground in the service industry, or was it just a natural fit for you? Um, I would say it was bumpy in the product world. And that led it to be less bumpy in the service world where we started making much better, much more money, much better margins. And it just made a whole lot more sense. And we're scaling. We're in major scale mode now. Yeah, no, I, we were talking about before we, uh, we launched this into this conversation, you were saying you're exploding in growth, you've got high profile clients. How do you hire on your team for working with people like that? Because uh, as you know, not just anybody can keep their cool when working with high-profile people. For uh, sure. For and high-profile sure. people aren't always yeah. what they look like on the other side either. Yeah, definitely. So in terms of our celebrity relationships, I deal with most of them directly. Okay. But in terms of our client relationships and fulfilling fulfilling uh, our product, that's our publicist team. And, and like we don't have college degrees. None of the Lentz brothers have college degrees, but our entire publicist team does. So they're qualified in, in the field of client relations and handling handling their jobs necessary. Oh, that's interesting. You mentioned uh, Lintz Brothers. So it's you run this concurrently with your with your brothers. Yep, Luke and Jackson, and okay. I'm the oldest. Yeah, I didn't know that. Okay, that's cool. That is cool. Yeah. It's a family business. High Key Enterprises is a family business. That's high key, awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's super cool. And, and all of you decided to just bootstrap and just like make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. That changes we have no, the story. No investors. Yeah. High key enterprises has no outside investors or outside capital. We don't have any debt. Yep. Right on. Entirely okay. Bootstrapped. Okay. So, yeah, the PR the PR world is an interesting place uh, because. Many are servicing different types of demographics, a lot of business to business. Some of them are just looking to feature a product. What's your philosophy behind good PR? Like, what do you consider this is a good piece? Okay. I'd say good PR is earned naturally. So, of course, there's, there's lower tier outlets that you can simply buy placements. But good PR is earned by the pitch. So, the angle's so good about said business brand person that it earns a natural placement in the publication. Yeah. That's how I define stellar PR. And that's kind of uh, what our company stands on is the ability to pitch and the relationships to these top publications that our company has. Yeah, I mean, that is a fact. And there's something that was lost along the way 
over the last couple of years in regards to story. Like everyone has a story as far as they're concerned. And then when they turn it in, it's just bullet points. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here. Have you have you come across people who are looking to be represented by you who genuinely don't even have their story outlined and they literally have bullet points? Hmm. Um, are you saying that they don't have much success or notoriety and they're coming to us before they've accomplished anything? Or what do you mean exactly? No, and so I'm waxing poetic here, right? Just based on how uh-huh. many people I've interviewed and this and that. But often, often it's just bullet points. What I mean by that is there is no story. They're only saying, here's what I've done. Here's the success, okay. but there's no story behind it. And how are you supposed right. to pitch to like major, you know, we're getting into the weeds here, probably uh, a little deeper yeah, totally. than I, I can get totally into anticipated. It. But uh, it's just because I rarely get the chance to talk to somebody who is, first of all, you're, growing, right? You're exploding. You're representing high profile uh-huh. people. There's a lot of other agencies out there that wish they were in your position, right? And then they wonder what they're doing wrong or different, right? You know what I mean? In, in contrast. And so this is more about speaking at the macro problem of the, because, you know, micro problems being just related to your business, macro problems being the industry itself. I just, I rarely get the chance to talk to somebody who I think could appreciate a discussion about that and just say like, what are some things that you you yourself wish you would see just in the industry as a whole that would that would just help everyone? Because uh, you know, when everyone's thriving in the business, the business is thriving. The industry is thriving in itself. Yeah, totally. Well, I can answer that question. So when we onboard a client, and it's they see they say like, oh, we don't have this is all we've done. It's not really much of a story. But that's where. That's where our job really comes into play in telling that story for them. And that's done through an onboarding interview. That'll be approximately one hour. And we'll go into the details with them in said bullet points, right? And from there, we'll be able to develop a story that's pitchable to uh, various publications that would make sense in their niche. Yeah. So everyone has a story. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. We bring it out of them. And... I mean, if someone has literally done nothing, that's a different story and they <laughs> yeah. probably aren't our client because we're dealing with the top 1% here. So these people all, even if they think, oh, I'm in a boring industry, I don't have a story, but everyone, everyone has a story and it's our job to bring it out of them, just like you said, exactly. And do you think that someone has to have um, incredible major notoriety to be able to be pitchworthy? Um. In turn, for for earned media, like like what I talked about at the beginning, that really, yeah, it is important for sure. Like there has to be some level of accomplishments, and we actually only take on clients that are a certain level, and our prices kind of our prices kind of weed out the the winners from the people that don't really make sense for us to take on as a client. Yeah, no, I mean I figured that much, right? I mean it's it's yeah. You do have to have some degree of notoriety where, oh, I've heard of you, or I can 100%. see that you've done something, right? And now I'm double down like if they, on that. If they just came out of university, hypothetically, they just came out of university, they want to do a startup and they've never done anything before. Now that's going to be really hard to work a story around unless they raised $100 million. Right. Which, like, <laughs> Which at that point, they're story. a unicorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so so it, 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 the money really does. Tell the tell the whole story, you know. Yeah. Like the, the degree of money that these people have or are working with will really like that is kind of the metric of how how good the story is, really. And you know, a lot of people these days are trying to take what they do with their PR 
and the pieces that they've developed and been able to reach and then start sharing it on social media, things yep. of that nature. What's your view 100%. on the relationship between PR and social media? Goes hand in hand. That's why, that's why we represent our clients on social media with their content as well as their press and publications because it goes hand in hand. Just like you said, they share it on social media. It's social proof from the press and publications that they receive. And then uh, you, you and I were sort of discussing before we even hit record that you're actually pretty excited about what's happening. And, you know, people throw around the word blockchain a lot, right? Uh, especially mm. prior to the, the AI uh, large language model wave, right? But blockchain hasn't gone anywhere. It's, as a technology, fundamentally, it's really stable. It's not the same as cryptocurrency, right? Those are, it, cryptocurrency yeah. is built on blockchain, but you were talking to exactly. me about yeah. decentralized social media. Now, this is something I'm not very familiar with. Could you sort of elaborate a little bit more on your vision with high key as an agency and decentralized social media? Yeah, so decentralized social blockchain, it's the leading blockchain for the new social fi category. Like, you know, you have DeFi, decentralized finance. Well, this is decentralized social. And what it does is it essentially guarantees freedom of speech. And even Elon Musk referenced social media on a blockchain for transparency and guaranteed uh, freedom of speech because that's so important and it's an ever-evolving topic right now with censorship and th those type of things. So decentralized social is essentially leading the new era of self-custody on your social ownership of content and your profile. Interesting. And, and, and how that's, do something, you that's something we don't have in current social media is Instagram, X, Facebook, TikTok, you name it. You don't own those profiles. It's simply, it's simply lent to you and it can be taken away at any moment. I was going to say, uh, every marketer... Yeah. Is that what you're about to say right there? Yeah, yeah. Well, every marketer yeah. that... that uh, I mean, I myself, I, that's how I cut my teeth in digital marketing. And it's all about never building on rented land, right? Yep, uh, that's what it is. And, and, and that's what decentralized social is really, really going to change and have a huge impact on. And we're kind of just on the coming years of it, just as there were the coming years of social media in general, being Web 2.0. Yeah, yeah. The infrastructure for Web 3 as a whole is, is slowly getting there. It's becoming more and more accessible. Yep. It used to be you had to have like a, I mean, it still is. You still have to have your written phrase somewhere, you know, in a vault and what yep. have you. Then you have your wallet like and you have your key and... You know, yeah. it's 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 patchwork, but um, but it's definitely getting uh, far easier to handle things as the technology develops. I mean, we're talking computers used to fill a whole room, right? Like, <laughs> so uh, infrastructure is a thing, and um, the the generation that builds things isn't always the one that benefits from it. But um, I, I'm really excited about talking about this because now I want to know how do you see the future of PR, and because I imagine, and you know. You don't have to go into yeah, any secret good. sauce moves, right? But PR, knowing that that's going to happen with decentralized finance, I haven't talked to many agencies that have their eye on that. They're focused on the here and now. It sounds like you're focused mm -hmm. on the future. What can you share about 100%, that? 100%, yeah. Well, with PR, it's going gonna, it's gonna to disrupt the exact same. And it'll be ownership of the journalists. The journalists will have ownership of their content oh. and their identity. So that's how it's going to play a role there is, is like the journalist profile on these websites is the exact same as uh, an influencer's profile on Instagram. I see. 
Yeah, no, okay. So it, 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 it's, it's, it's really just going to empower creators of all forms, that being written, video, and, and, and yeah, PR and social go hand in hand. So it's going to have the exact same impact there as well. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting, uh, it's going to change the way things are pitched, that's for sure, right? Because uh, yep. I, I imagine even now there are certain businesses, like for example, uh, let's look at the cannabis industry as a whole, right? Because it's not federally entirely legal yet. Uh-huh. Certain, certain stories, certain businesses can't necessarily pitch to major publications. That's not how that exactly. works. Exactly. Right? Actually, that's, yeah, that's a good observation. Cannabis is one of those. I mean, we, we have access to high times, for example, but yeah, it, exactly. Cannabis can't be pitched to like certain publications for sure. And, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to interview a lot of shops that, fairly recently even, a lot of shops that are really trying to do their best to uh, heal the community, give them, you know, take the edge off, things that need to give them a place they can congregate. And unfortunately, they themselves can't even uh, locally do sort of like a group uh, event sort of, uh, or like they can't open up a cafe and invite people to actively use wall around there because uh-huh. it's still sort of muddy, right? And what does that do to a community, right? You mean you have bars and you see what happens there, right? But uh, cannabis and alcohol are two entirely different uh, tones of social setting, right? And so it's just, I think it's interesting and to to know that the decentralized future will be able to promote stories like that and give businesses like that the opportunity to move forward like High Times, one of your clients you said that you have access to. I mean, that's just, that's one of many scenarios I can see playing out in the future. And interesting enough to know that you're positioning yourself to be one of the first agencies that will be representing people on that decentralized social blockchain. That's super Yeah, absolutely. Super we want to look at ourselves as pioneers for sure. Traveling to the West, digging for gold, man. <laughs> yeah, well, well, for us, it's more of the Lower East. We're here in Puerto Rico. Oh, no way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. High Key Enterprise is based out of Puerto Rico. I'm, you know what? I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all, man. Uh, I'm sure it's beautiful yeah, out there. Nice. <laughs> I'm literally taking this podcast on the beach right now. Oh, man. Sounds nice. <laughs> High key. <Getting> those <laughs> right on, man. Well, look, man, we've been having a really interesting conversation, but I want to roll out the red carpet for you. Is there anything in particular you want the listeners to know, whether it's other agencies, people who want to be represented, uh, other just business owners who've been listening, who happen to be your predominant demographic here listening? What do you want them to know about what you're doing? Where do you want them to go? Yeah, so High Key Enterprises, we're focusing on developing the largest relationships with A-list celebrities and in tandem with uh, top publications and, uh, and news outlets. So, and then we're connecting our clients. We're essentially the middle to give our clients access to these A-list celebrities for their brand collaborations, as well as the top uh, media publications for their brand. So we're essentially that, that key ah, to those I see connections. What it's literally a high key. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. In terms of the, the celebrities, I'll give it a little background there. We How we have the, the relationships with the celebrities like Khloe Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Cardi B, Kevin Hart, Snoop Dogg, Lil Baby, the list goes on and on, is we've done uh, celebrity giveaways on Instagram to grow our clients' Instagram pages. And that's how we've developed those relationships and how we have the capabilities to now directly connect celebrities to our clients to for a campaign for their brand, whatever it may be. 
Right. So this is a direct relationship you have with them, not yes. some third party. We're going to exactly, try to make yeah. this work. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right and we on. have the social proof to prove it on our Instagram, High Key Cloud. You can see all of our celebrity collaborations. And then High Key Agency. Like, these are all our wings of High Key Enterprises. And is there anywhere in particular you want the listener to go visit after having heard this conversation, listen to it? Yeah, you can go to highkeyagency.com. Right on. Okay. Well, you know, it's been an absolute pleasure, Jordan. I don't want to keep you from Puerto Rico for too long. Oh, here. dude, keep firing away. <laughs> let's, let's go. Let's go. I'm ready. I'm well, ready me, for more questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Um, if you could have a, uh, a dream placement on any particular publication, uh, which one comes to mind and what celebrity are you looking forward to being able to build a relationship with to make oh, that happen? Oh, cool. I like this. Yeah, I like this question. Um, so top publication for like me personally to be in? Yeah. I, I've been in a lot. I, I've been in a lot. I, I'd say Forbes is the number one publication. Okay. Especially in the, biz, in the business niche. I've been in Forbes and I would say it's the number one. Like that's what everyone wants. That's what in the business niche, at least. Of course, there's there's other niches and everything, right? Yeah. And then celebrity, probably, probably Justin Bieber. That would be one hell of a relationship for sure. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just, Justin Bieber's one. We we don't really have access to. That'd be really cool. Got it. Okay. Well, if they're listening, I mean, they need to hear that, right? What do you What do you think makes someone Forbes worthy? I mean, you probably actually literally know this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say it would have to do. I would say it have to do with doing millions of dollars in revenue. Okay. Yeah. Right I, I would say that that'd be the baseline. Millions of dollars of revenue with a good angle, with it like you you did it in a creative way. Right, right. You didn't just over... So I'd be, yeah, it'd be the combination of millions of dollars and a creative angle. Okay. Yeah, so anyone who's listening, you know, just get yourself some millions. <laughs> and then get yourself in touch with High Key Agency and they're going to get the story that's going to help have you creatively placed on Forbes. Because what's funny is the implication here is just because you have millions of dollars doesn't mean you're going to get on Forbes. Yeah, exactly. That's why I added the creative angle part. Which is uh, the thing that people always forget, right? And the reason why I'm asking this question is because there are businesses out there who probably do have a dream publication. It's likely Forbes, right? Like you said, business niche. Uh, and yep. their whole MO is like, let me just go get this money. And yeah, like that's one half of it. But the other is actually knowing how to tell your story in a way that's yep. relevant to whatever journalists, kind of like we were talking about with this uh, decentralized social media, uh, is is currently accepting a pitch and what that might look like. And that's going to change the game big time because uh, coming back to what we were talking about earlier, it's not just a publication anymore. The future may very well be being with a specific journalist and what that means. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And that, that's a big thing coming back to decentralized social is the journalists are going to be really able to develop their brands more independently from their, from their publication that they work at. Now, the question is, will journalists need PR agents in the future? Now we're getting real meta here. <laughs> will, will journalists need PR agents? Yeah. <laughs> I think they will find extreme value from being 
connected to more PR agents individually, yes. Mm. You know, I was, uh, there was a guest that's coming up that I was looking at that uh, is in the decentralized world and they're doing like decentralized gaming. And you know, I had to do oh, a, lot of, okay. a lot of homework to, to be able to speak the language, right? And look at what, what they're doing. And it really opened my eyes to just how much work has been going on outside of cryptocurrency. So when I get the chance to talk to you about what's happening with decentralized social media, I, I remember I myself, you know, I, I make music on the side. Who doesn't, right? Um, but I've been doing it for a very long time, probably since 2003, right? Um, clearly, I'm not famous yet, so it must be mid. We, one can only hope it's not, right? But uh, over the years, I've seen a lot, of, a lot of things come and go, right? I mean, we all remember MySpace. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I mean, like with music, you could pop really any year. That's what they that's say, kind of, man. That's kind of the where, where it goes like that. But yeah, decentralized social is just going to bring more power to the people and less power from the big mega, mega corps that run the industry. Yeah. And I had, I had joined a social media platform on the blockchain really early on. I'm trying to remember the name of it, but uh, it gave away was, a coin. Was it BitClub? No, it was. This was around uh, 2014, maybe. Oh, 2014. Yeah. So, I <laughs> this isn't this is an interview about me, but just for context, right? Um, I was at I was at a co-working space in downtown Los Angeles. I had just moved back to LA from New York, and uh, and I was launching my own podcast, like launch agency, right? I. I had just left the marketing agency job. I learned a lot of skills, got the blessing of the CEO. Here I am. And I'm like, you know what? I got to be in LA if I'm going to do it big. Don't, don't ask me why, right? I moved back home. I'm from LA. Uh, and I'm sitting there at a co-working space. And I start meeting these, all these people. They're building literally the first event ticketing platform on the Ethereum blockchain, right? And I watch them do their thing. I'm learning. They're like, I'm telling you, man, you got you to buy some Ethereum. I'm like, yeah, I don't know about, you know, I'm one of those people. Like, to make for him, yeah, I should have listened, man. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I mean? This was like back when you could get it like for pennies on the dollar and the list goes on. Oh, yeah. Um, even in New York. Well, now I you was, have me here telling you about Batisto, bro. You're right. No, you're 100% right. I was grabbing coffee <laughs> in Industry City in Brooklyn when somebody was trying to tell me about Bitcoin really early on. We're talking like 2013, 2012, right? So I don't, I, I, I say all this in context while talking to you so that people understand that they always talk about how they missed out. It's like you said, right? And mm -hmm. here we are talking about decentralized social media. I remember mm -hmm. I had to take a picture, a video of myself with me saying, this is the real me, which is absurd now with AI in, in, the, in the picture, right? Um, and it was about proving yourself and as you posted, you gained coin and that was your, that was your reward that you could exchange somewhere on the blockchain uh, that accepted their coin, of course. So that, those were sort wow, of the so challenges. Wow, 2014? Yeah, man. Oh, I wish I could what? tell you the name of it. You know what? After, after, uh, after our call, our, our podcast here, I'll go through my old emails and see if I can find uh, what the name of it cool. was, but it it eventually got purchased and turned into something else. Uh, there was even an, like a, the, the SoundCloud as well. Was there was another platform that was like the SoundCloud of blockchain early on around that time. There was a lot going on, a lot of uh, ICOs, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I mean, uh, I mean, crypto is the space. Uh, how, this is how it went. Our parents' generation, it was real estate. 
you'll never make life changing money in real estate like that again. You know what I mean? Like they could yeah. buy a house 20, 60 K it's worth 10 X now, never going to happen again. Then it was stocks. But now it's like, yeah, you can still make money in real estate and stocks, but now it's crypto in terms of that really life changing sector. It's, it's crypto now for the next 20 years. Because that's where the pioneers are. That's where the people on the cutting edge, the bleeding edge are. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the blockchain transparency. Yeah. Like, there's, a reason, there's a reason why people want to hold Bitcoin because they're actually holding their own money. And you know, like uh, huge scandals like what happened with uh, SBF, you know, uh, Sam Bankman. Oh, really, yeah. Really like uh, put a, a douse on the flame of cryptocurrency because it, it scared a lot of people away because they're like, look, see, this is what happens, right? Um, and See, I, I would argue that's, that's just more of a company. That's not even about crypto. Mm-hmm. It's more of a that's a company flaw. That's a company. That's a person flaw. That isn't a flaw on Bitcoin. You know, it right. doesn't really flaw blockchain technology or or Bitcoin. I don't like to say crypto. It's all entrepreneur and cryptocurrency are two words I don't really like because it carries it, it carries some weird things with them. Yeah, this is true. This is, everyone is an entrepreneur. Lots of quote. fake, lots of fake entrepreneurs. Lots of fake cryptocurrencies. That's a hundred percent. Oh man, <laughs> the list of co- of coins out there. <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah, it's nuts. It's all garbage. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And and it has nothing to do with the actual fundamental technology, the blockchain, yep. right? Which is, uh, it's a uh, it's a ledger that you cannot, uh, as the word, uh, you know, there's the non fungible token, right? And each transaction itself is <clears throat> technically an NFT. No. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, in a way, like Bitcoin's almost an NFT because it's like you can't create more of it. Yeah, the ones that were the cryptocurrencies just printing don't make any sense. It's like it's like the U.S. dollar. Like the U.S. dollar makes zero sense. Man, does it? And and yet here we are running an entire nation on it. And then we're talking about regulation around. I mean, you know, DeFi itself is is a whole other sub- subject there and. I've been fortunate enough to speak with some people about that as well. Uh, lawyers actually that are watching as regulations are developing. Um, there was a couple of projects we tried starting. They ended up uh, not not having the time to follow through with any of that stuff, which you know, hey, uh, lawyers busy as it is. But you're right, man. And you know this this is this is a conversation. I mean, if anybody's wondering, right? If you take a look at what's happening here and you listen to what the founder of an agency that started off in an e-commerce. Uh, business and was able to pivot, right? And pivot meaning uh, change of tactic, uh-huh. not change of vision, right? You always had the intention of doing great things, impacting many people, and you yep. pivoted, right, to where it made the most sense, where it was sustainable. Uh, now you're in Puerto Rico, right? You're you're rubbing shoulders with uh, with a lists, right? And and you're you're getting placements for people who need that kind of footwork done. Right, and you're doing this, and now you're also putting your foot into what's going to be the future, right? With decentralized social media, and here we are having this discussion so that people can now see even just your general conversation is someone who considers what the future holds, how business and the nature of Web three is going to look. And in uh-huh. my opinion, when you're going to choose who you're going to be working with, who are you going to choose? Somebody who's only focused on the now. Or someone who understands what's happening now and understands what's happening. Exactly. Things are developing. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the difference. That's us to a T. Exactly, man. And pivoting is so important. Honestly, it's, 
probably one of the, the greatest skills we developed is the ability to pivot. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, if shit's not going right, like, I mean, there's people who are like, you only, you only lose if you quit. Well, sometimes you need to know when to quit and pivot. Like you might not need to quit everything, but you might need to pivot within your company to something else. And that's what we did. And it's definitely, yeah, knowing, knowing when to quit on certain things is important. I mean, that's, it was evident, right? Because uh, imagine yeah. if you had stayed where you were in e-commerce. I mean, <laughs> I myself... Yeah, we might have been mildly <laughs> successful, but it wouldn't be anything like we have now. 100% not. Yeah, I used to, I used to sell uh, drop shipping and things of that nature. I actually helped mm-hmm. someone build their Amazon store from the ground up. I was like their first employee. This was years ago. It was like early Amazon, uh, you know, when they didn't even have uh, uh, branding on the boxes, you know, and uh, that they, were, they, they would ship. And we were selling uh, oh, fashion, yeah. fashion tungsten rings, right? And man, let me tell you, we were raking in the dough, you know, and funny, I, know, I, I, I can't say that I didn't get anything from it, but I definitely helped somebody build their business. But then again, that's part of being an employee, right? You're, you're not the one that fronted the capital. So uh, you don't yep, get that yep. reward, even if you did help you know, be on board the first 15 employees and this and that and build the business. At that point, it's up to the person you're working with to want to cut you in on the action. Um, yeah, that is really the difference between an employee <laughs> and the, the company owners, the risk. You have the yeah. guaranteed check as an employee. Yeah. And, and, and I think the key for us with hiring is uh, finding really good entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So these are the people that, that find passion in building within a company. And we have some really good ones on our team. So we're blessed for that. And that's, that's what we're looking for. We've, we've, we, we have hired entrepreneurs and we always fire them <laughs> because they need to go do their own thing. You know, it's funny you say <laughs> that. There was, there was a couple of times, uh, hard times for me uh, in trying to build what I was building in the podcast world where I was yep. like, you know what? I should just go get a job man, and like hold it down while I figure this out. And I had and that's okay. Work- yeah, but I had already been working for myself for so long that many companies were like, oh, you know, we don't really hire entrepreneurs. So it's funny hearing you oh. say like, you know, we tried. <laughs> yeah, because they just would gravitate towards wanting to do their own thing. And that takes away the focus of what we're trying to build. Yeah, yeah. But you know what's funny is I never knew what made a good employee until I worked for myself and I took on the risk and I realized how much the people who are launching something and building something, especially from scratch, not funded by venture capital of some kind, right? But from just bootstrapping, the kind of risk you're taking, the stress of not having enough runway, right? And these are all things that like entrepreneurs, people who are building a business, these are stresses that are unique to them that only they know that they could never talk to their employees about because that's like, you know, (laughs) you're going to tell your employee, look, we only have two weeks of runway. Maybe Maybe the, the, the really tight-knit bootstrapping. Mm-hmm. But then those employees are also set to become entrepreneurs themselves one day if they're, if they're a part of a company like that. Yep, absolutely. Oh, man, you got me reminiscing. <laughs> uh, this is great, man. Uh, I, can tell, I can tell that there's a, there's a lot of good coming from working with high-key agency, man, and what you're building. And again, I just want to reiterate, so uh, as we begin to close things out here, so you not only help A-list celebrities, like if A-list celebrities end up hearing this, they now know that you can help them score some brand partnerships, right? And vice versa for businesses that are looking for collaborations with, uh, with high-profile brands, uh, someone they can reach out to is you who can make that happen. 
But then also, uh, you're, you've got your eyes set on the future with de decentralized social media. And anyone who wants to start being represented and developing a strategy now can uh, approach you and your team to start building that out. But where do you want them to go again specifically? Just your website? Well, I mean, my Instagram is at Jordan Lentz. So you okay. can go to my Instagram too if you want to message me directly. But yeah, if, if you're interested in the services for your, for your business or for your, your personal brand, you can go to highkeyagency.com. There it is, man. Uh, well, Jordan, man, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you, man. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, nice to meet you, Philip. I, I, I rarely get the great chance to dive in on my own stuff, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was a great conversation. Nice back and forth. Yeah, man. Appreciate you.